Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Sports Grid Network. Everyone and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be going over our streaming suggestions for week one of the NFL fantasy football season, as well as some of the waiver wire watch list options that we're going to have. Uh, so maybe not guys to add onto your roster right now, but guys who you would potentially be interested in adding if they have uh, a good week one performance. This is going to be a regular episode of the show. Uh, so normally on Tuesdays, the show that you're going to get is going to be the waiver wire streamers kind of update into the uh, upcoming week in fantasy football. Obviously, we have not had a week of NFL games as of yet, so we are going to be getting ready for week one. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some values, talking about the LaShawn McCoy and Kenny Stills news, as well as uh, you know the waiver wire. So go ahead and uh, get started with some of the news. Uh, LaShawn McCoy signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, and it really was not ideal for anyone but McCoy. I think that Devin Singletary is now uh, just about a top 100 pick, and uh, he's ranked that way for me on the Roto Experts website. I do think that he's got a pretty decent chance at being the starting running back for a team that wants to run the ball a lot. Uh, TJ Yeldon is likely to steal some receiving down work, uh, especially towards the beginning of the season as Singletary, you know, kind of learns uh, some pass blocking things. And as the team tries to figure out, you know, what they want to do with Josh Allen, right? I think there's a lot of different ways that this Josh Allen offense could go, and it might not be as easy to do with a rookie running back, which is why Frank Gore and Yeldon are going to play more towards the start of the year, at least that is my belief. I think the bigger fantasy ramifications happen though in Kansas City. Damian Williams was being drafted in the second round of uh, you know the FFPC main event in the second round of the draft best ball championship. So I think now I've moved Damian into about 40 to 45 in my rankings. He's now kind of in that Mark Ingram, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, uh, David Montgomery, Philip Lindsay kind of range. I still prefer him over a good majority of those running back two candidates for a couple reasons. The first is should be obvious. He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, which are going to be, you know, they're going to be the best offense in football in 2019. And so you should want as many pieces of that offense as possible. Second, you know, I think it's probably closer to true that LaShawn McCoy is dust as compared to him being good. However, you know, what we know about running backs remains true. If LaShawn McCoy gets the touches, he's going to be useful in fantasy because the offense is so good. Darwin Thompson now, he really is nothing but a sleeper, you know, not a guy that you're going to be starting week one against Jacksonville or anything like that, but still the kind of guy that I would encourage you to roster on zero running back teams. Moving now to Kenny Stills and the Houston Texans. Uh, this is bad news for me for Kiki Cutie and also a slight downgrade to Will Fuller as well. Introducing uh, Stills to the team 
team uh, significantly brought down Cutie's projection and uh, brought Fuller down from you know a pretty clear wide receiver two to a high end wide receiver three. So I think the path for an explosion season for Fuller now is really only a DeAndre uh, DeAndre Hopkins injury. Uh, I don't particularly think that Stills is worth rostering right now in like a, a 12 team PPR league. I would get it if he is, and in fact uh, I have him on one of my FFPC main event teams, but those are 20-man rosters and not 16-man rosters like most of us play with. And I think, uh, you know, if you, obviously if you extend to uh, to 20-man rosters, I think he is rosterable. I think the biggest impact here uh, is on Albert Wilson, De- Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams. I think there's a decent chance that one of them gets enough of the market share that even for a terrible team like the Miami Dolphins, I still think one of them is likely to get enough targets to be a useful wide receiver three in PPR leagues, though the touchdowns are very likely to be lacking throughout the course of the year. Now, moving towards the waiver wire watch list. So this is not the streamers, but this is the guys that we are really wanting to look for on the waiver wire after week one. And uh, the reason why I think this is a useful exercise is, you know, pretty obviously... Things are going to happen in week one that we don't expect, but there also should be some things that we are putting in the um, known unknown category. So we know that these situations have the potential to change, and we should think about how we are going to react to them before they actually happen. And I would put these uh, these groups of players under that category because that category is likely to be a good spot for us to make bids on in week one. You know, just going in. 50% of your waiver wire budget on something that you didn't expect to happen is probably a bad idea. So I think it's a good idea to create reasonable expectations as to what might happen after week one. Uh, The first guy that I wanted to put on the waiver wire watch list is Rashard Higgins. Higgins was a really productive player at Colorado State who had an 88th percentile dominator rating, uh, you know, caught 43% of his team's touchdowns and yards at Colorado State his final season. His issue is that he is not an extremely athletic player. Uh, he ran a 4.6340, so he, you know he's just okay. Uh, the reason why I think Higgins is likely to be you know a good fantasy football ad throughout the course of the year, or particularly after week one, is he's a little bit bigger and more useful down the field than Jarvis Landry is. I think that Baker Mayfield, uh, Todd Munkin, and Freddie Kitchens want to throw the ball down the field, and I think this Browns offense likely has less use for a player like Jarvis Landry and more use for a player like Rashard Higgins who's going to do better down the field and on deeper targets. So Higgins is going to be a guy uh, you know, with a good week one performance if he plays a full complement of snaps. You know, they're playing more 11 personnel than 12 personnel. Higgins is going to be someone interesting for me personally. The next group of guys, Tavon Austin, Randall Cobb, and Jason Witten. I think that this first game is going to be a pretty good test for the Dallas Cowboys, seeing, you know, are they actually the new and improved Dallas Cowboys? The the New York Giants have always been, you know, just this horrible team for Dallas to play. They've had some of their worst, most crumbling performances against the New York Giants, but this is a really bad Giants team, and I think that this is a really interesting chance for the Kellen Moore offense to put together, you know, a 30-plus point outing if they are going to do it, because this is a bad Giants defense. 
this is theoretically a good Cowboys offense. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, not particularly likely to play in this first game. So I think all of that adds up to what would be, you know, a really good situation for the Cowboys to just go out there and, and put some points on the board. And if they do look that good, uh, you know, if they are looking capable of scoring 30 plus points on anyone in any given week, I think the tertiary pieces, uh, you know, Austin, Cobb, and Witten, you know, the non- uh, Cooper, Gallup, Elliott pieces of this offense. I think these guys are really good fantasy football ads. And, you know, Dak Prescott is not owned in a 100% of leagues either. He's owned in 81% of fantasy football leagues on Yahoo. So I think that there is definitely would be some room for him to be added in your league as well. The next situation to look at is the Houston backup running back. You know, just there are no assurances that Carlos Hyde is going to be the complement to Duke Johnson in the Houston Texans backfield. You know, it might... It might just be Duke Johnson. You know, he might just be the guy who's getting, you know, 15 plus touches every single week. We still like Duke Johnson here at Roto Experts. You know, we think he is a really good add in fantasy football. We don't think he's a really good draft pick where he's going. Uh, however, you know, we know that Bill O'Brien. You know, Bill O'Brien is Bill O'Brien. There are a lot of different ways that he could choose to make things go. He he would frequently give Alfred Blue work uh, when Lamar Miller was not active, and he would just really overuse Lamar Miller, who is not an explosive back by the time of his career that he was starting for the Texans. So I think that there's a chance that uh, you know one of these backup running backs, whoever it might be on the Texans roster, uh, is get gets more touches than we think, even if it is not Carlos Hyde. Uh, the next group of guys are the backup running backs in Jacksonville, right? Well, Armstead and Divine Ozigbo. I'm really not an Ozigbo guy, but there are people out there in the fantasy football community who are. He got cut by the New Orleans Saints, added by the Jacksonville Jaguars to the 53-man roster. Uh, he was good at Nebraska, but had a really unathletic combine. Whereas Rykel Armstead ran a 4.4340, and uh, you know was just a better athlete and more productive at Temple. Uh, well, I guess not as productive as Ozigbo. So that's kind of where the that's kind of where the the rub happened between these guys like this is Armstead was not super productive but was athletic. Ozigbo was really productive but not nearly as athletic. My preferred ad here after week one, assuming we learn anything about the Jaguars offense, and I think we should. So if Fournette, you know, gets eight targets or something crazy in this game and there's no passing down back, you can pretty much disregard this situation. But if one of Armstead or Ozigbo is the passing down back, or if any of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, backups are the passing down back, I think that is a going to be a worthy add. In that same game, uh, McCole Hardman, uh, he's a really popular pick in best ball drafts and is kind of a stash in some deeper formats. But I, I would guess he is not uh, super owned in most leagues because he is a rookie wide receiver who does not appear as if he's starting. Yeah, he's only owned 16% in uh, in Yahoo. So it's not like this is a guy who is on who's owned in every league. Uh, if he gets over 50% of the snaps this first week against Jacksonville, though, or if he has a big week, uh, you know, and, and gets four or five targets, uh, he's going to be a guy that I'm adding right away because, you know, as we talked about with Damian Williams, I think you want as many pieces as possible of this Kansas City Chief offense. And now that they do not have a second tight end that they trust, Blake Bell is their second tight end and Demetrius Harris is gone to the Cleveland Browns. I think we're more likely to see 10 personnel from the Chiefs. So that could mean Demarcus Robinson playing more. That could mean Byron Pringle playing more. Or that could mean McCole Hardman playing more. And if it's Hardman right away, 
I want Hardman on my fantasy teams because he is an NFL caliber athlete who did not have great production at Georgia, but uh, was useful on the touches and interactions that he did get. So definitely going to be interested in uh, what Hardman does against the Jaguars in week one. Uh, our final waiver wire watch list guy is Rex Burkhead for the New England Patriots. Uh, and this one should be pretty obvious as well. Uh, the Patriots just have a long history of rotating running backs. Uh, Sony Michelle has does not really seem to be healthy. Last year, the Patriots had four uh, running backs with over 42 carries and had four running backs with over uh, 70 touches in total. I guess Patterson had 63. Uh, so, But I think if you look at their running back situation this year, you know, Kenyon Barner is not on the team. So they really only have four running backs who are going to play. Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, and Damian Harris. Damian Harris is a little bit banged up, and he is a rookie. I don't think ideally the team wants to give James White 181 touches again. I think they would rather, you know, kind of keep Sony where he was at last year, uh, 209 rushing attempts, and then get him some more targets in the passing game. But I think there's a substantial chance that Rex Burkhead is more involved in this offense than we expect. You know, he is a veteran of the team. This is now his third year as a New England Patriot. And when he's not been injured, he's been a useful player. You know, he, he got the ball more than anyone else in that Super Bowl game that they won against the Rams. So so I think that it is important to remember that Rex Burkhead is on this team. He's a useful part of this team. And if he comes out in, in week one and out-touches James White or even out-touches Sonny Michelle. I, I cannot pretend that that would be a super surprising outcome to me, and uh, we should adjust things, uh, you know, based on that expectation. So, you know, if there's a real role for Rex Burkhead week one, I am going to be wanting to add him in my fantasy football leagues, especially on teams where I went zero RB and I, I just can't afford to be picky about running backs who are putting up starting fantasy numbers. So that was the waiver wire watch list. Now I want to get into something that's really important for a lot of my teams because I drafted uh, late quarterbacks, I drafted late tight ends, I drafted late kickers. Uh, you know, actually in a lot of leagues I didn't draft kickers at all, and I didn't draft defenses at all in a lot of my leagues. And I would assume that uh, a lot of you who are playing in you know big high stakes leagues did the same thing, and we're trying to be more conservative about your roster spots. Uh, and if you still have drafts, you know, I think that uh, this this column. Should should go right along with that because you're basically just going to be drafting your streamer. So starting out with the quarterbacks, the three streamers that I have who are under 50% owned on Yahoo are Josh Allen, Nick Foles, and Jacoby Brissett with an honorable mention for Matt Stafford. Uh, obviously, if Lamar Jackson is on your waiver wire or if Kyler Murray is on your waiver wire, I would prefer those guys as starts. Even Dak Prescott, I would prefer those guys as starts. But Allen should be a fairly obvious streamer. His range of outcomes is super wide, but over the last five weeks of the NFL season in 2018, Josh Allen was a number one quarterback in fantasy football. He ran for four touchdowns over that time frame and had 100 rushing yards in his only start against the Jets last year. Not that I'm applying a ton of year-to-year -year predictability to a defense, but Allen is a really high-variance player whose upside is winning you a week, and also I think there's a chance that he turns into a, a quarterback quarterback streamer who turns into a starter because quarterbacks who run that much, you know, just as we've talked about with Lamar Jackson, as we've talked about with Cam Newton, as we've talked about with Kyler, these quarterbacks who run a ton are just super valuable 
fantasy football assets, and uh, you know there there just are not that many of them. So I would I would definitely think in a you know a deeper league, fourteen team leagues, even twelve team leagues. I, I do not think that Allen is a bad week one start, though it's pretty likely that you have a better option. But if you don't. Allen, good uh, good start candidate this week. Uh, the more matchup-dependent candidate is Nick Foles. No team allowed more pass attempts in 2018 than the Kansas City Chiefs, who faced 300, or 632 passes. That amounts to 39.5 passes allowed per game. They allowed the second-most passing yards in the league and the ninth-most passing touchdowns. Uh, I don't think of Nick Foles as a particularly skilled quarterback. He had a career 7.1 uh, yards per pass attempt before the season starts. I think he might come close to leading uh, week one in pass attempts as a home underdog to Kansas City. He's got D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, D.J. Shark, Leonard Fournette, Reichwell Armstead, uh, Jeff Swain. You know, these are, I actually don't think he has an unskilled group of pass catchers and offensive weapons around him. And the Jaguars surprisingly have a team total of 24.5, which is higher than the Panthers, Texans, and Steelers. All of those teams are going to have quarterbacks that are ranked as, uh, you know, top 12 quarterbacks in, uh, you know, in rankings. And, you know, we know that the highest correlation thing at the quarterback position is team total. So definitely think that Foles is a worthy streamer this week. And, uh, you know, I would potentially consider benching, you know, one of the guys you've drafted for Nick Foles. But, uh, you know, it's early in the week and, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hold myself to that. Finally, if you are in an extremely deep league, you missed out on Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, maybe even Allen is owned in your league, maybe even Nick Foles is owned in your league. There's another rushing quarterback on a talented offense who's out there. That is Jacoby Brissett. In his lone season of starting, Brissett averaged 16.3 rushing yards per game and has five career rushing touchdowns. He was a running quarterback in college with 12 touchdowns and 902 yards. Remember that in college, sacks are taken away from quarterback rushing yards and uh, you know I, I, I don't think the matchup is great I don't think that the particularly game is great but I just know that there is a decent amount of floor for Jacoby Brissett in this game tight end streamers should be pretty simple guys who are under 50% owned who are high in our rankings you know this could be Greg Olson this could be Mark Andrews this could be Kyle Rudolph that could be Darren Waller and I, I understand if you are if you are listening and you are saying uh, okay all of these guys are owned in my league I, I, I understand, right? Uh, not every league is going to be the same. Not everyone who's listening to this is going to be playing in a similar league format. But there are really good players who are under 50% owned on Yahoo. Uh, Jack Doyle is 33% on Yahoo. Darren Waller is 23%. Uh, Jason Witten, the aforementioned Jason Witten, is 11%. You know, if you if you were really stuck behind an eight ball, Jason Witten would not be the worst ever start this week. Gerald Everett is 5%. Will Disley is 3%. These are these are guys who I think are, you know, kind of viable fantasy football targets this year. Kickers, Dan Bailey, Austin Seibert, and Mike Badgley are the three streaming kicker candidates this week. Uh, Bailey it plays on a team with the eighth highest team total playing indoors uh, against Atlanta Falcons, who conceded the eighth most point in 2018. And I think that there's a pretty good chance that Dan Bailey could go from becoming a streamer to being a starting kicker and, you know, a guy who ends up being 70% owned uh, on Yahoo for the course of the year. Austin Seibert, uh, the Browns have one of the best team totals of the week. 
And Cybert is 2% owned on Yahoo. He would be like my number one kicking ad this week because I think that there's a good chance that the Browns are. Yeah, I think Cybert could basically be like 2018 Harrison Bootker, basically. Like, I think he could just be, you know, maybe the top overall kicker off of the waiver wire. Badgley is just if your league is, you know, kind of random and you just need someone who's good, Badgley is a very good kicker pick for. 2019. He just is going to play on a good offense. They're going to be steady. You'll probably never have to bench him. Now, finally, moving to defense and special teams, fantasy football streamers. Uh, quick note, if the Dallas Cowboys are available in your league or in your draft, they are the best streaming defense this year. They will go up against uh, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and the Washington Redskins. In the first three weeks of the NFL season, they have you know the best cornerback in the NFL, or one of the best cornerbacks. They have good edge rushers now. Uh, they have a good linebacking crew now. The Dallas Cowboys defense is just straight up good, and uh, they are going to be you know they're they're just over sixty percent owned on Yahoo, so they might be out there in your league. And I should uh, go ahead and note to all of you listening to this that the core tenets of finding a good streaming defense are maybe not exactly what you think they are. It doesn't really have a ton to do with limiting points. Basically what you want, the, the perfect streaming defense is a home defense that is favored in the game that's going to be seeing a ton of pass attempts because sacks, strip sacks, Force fumbles, interceptions, uh, uh, interceptions that are returned for touchdowns. All of these happen and are much more likely to happen in scenarios where the opposing team is passing as opposed to running. You don't want to be facing a ton of rush attempts with your fantasy football defense. Even if you if you faced a ton of rush attempts and your defense only concedes 10 points, uh, you're still likely to have a pretty bad fantasy outing because quarterbacks are up uh, because sacks and interceptions and uh, defensive touchdown scoring is just so much more important. Uh, the three defenses that I'm looking at this week under 50% are the New York Jets, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Oakland Raiders. Um, the Jets uh, basically are playing a quarterback that just gives out fantasy points. Allen was sacked 28 times and 11 starts last year and threw more interceptions than passing touchdowns. Allen can be a good streamer and the Jets defense can be a good streamer as well. Both of these things can be true. The Raiders are, uh, you know, that's the that's the, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do with streaming defense. I can't figure it out. There's no one left, and I just got to do it play. Uh, you know, they were one of the worst teams in terms of applying pressure on the quarterback last year, but the additions of Cleland Farrell, LaMarcus Joyner, and Vontez Perfect, and, uh, you know, a few other pieces on that defense should theoretically make them a little bit better. They're playing Joe Flacco at home uh, in that Monday night game. Not, not, not really scared of Joe Flacco. In fact, Flacco, super high attempt quarterback, super low efficient quarterback that should that's pretty much exactly what we are looking for in a fantasy defense and then the Chiefs uh, they were basically the worst passing defense in the NFL by many metrics but they finished as the seventh highest scoring defensive special teams in standard league scoring seems counterintuitive to uh, to suggest both Nick Foles and Josh Allen and then recommend the defenses against them but that highlights the point that I'm getting at which is that all of this stuff uh, the quarterbacks and the defenses really revolves around attempts and potential score opportunities and Nick Foles and Josh Allen and the defenses opposing them are going to have a lot of pass attempts and a lot of potential abilities to score fantasy points 
So that's going to do it for us here at the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. Please make sure to head on over to rotoexperts.com, the NFL 365 package. Still in time for your draft, but if you subscribe today, you will actually get the package for another 365 days. That means you're going to have it for the entire offseason. That means you're going to have it up to draft season next year. It's going to be a really good time. This is actually, honestly, the perfect time for you to get the package, so I would really highly recommend it, and uh, you can get 10% off of the $39.99 price using the promo code MATIC, M-A-T-T-E-K.